Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. Today, we're gonna to talk about how to get through hard times, keep our head on straight, and continue to pursue holiness as men. Stay tuned. Welcome, men, and it's great to be with you. As John mentioned, we're going to be talking about thriving in difficult times. But before we get there, we just wanted to mention, please do subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Leave a review if you enjoy the show. It means a lot to us, and it helps our show, meet, our show reach more listeners. So uh, subscribe, leave a review. Um, and tell your friends about the podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, also, if you have the resources and you want to support the show tangibly, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Catholic Gentlemen. There's some great rewards for you, uh, but we really do appreciate your support and it helps us make more content like this. So check us out at patreon.com slash Catholic Gentlemen. Uh, but without further ado, I just want to jump in with a quote from St. Augustine, who lived, uh, I don't know, 1600 years ago or something, around the time of the fall of the Roman Empire. He knew what hard times were like. And he has this awesome quote where he says, bad times, hard times. This is what people keep saying. But let us live well, and times shall be good. We are the times, such as we are, such are the times. And so let's talk about how we can live well in these times, John. Uh, let's just maybe go over some tangible ways that we as men can not buckle under the pressure. Uh, because let's face it, it's not easy right now with, you know, what is it, 8.6% inflation. Uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs or out of work. Financial pressures just mounting. But also politically, the world is just kind of polarized right now. There's just um, a lot of turmoil in the world. And I think as a lot of people look around, uh, it's very easy to lose heart or to get discouraged and think what on earth is going on right now. Um, but as we know, our faith uh, should inform our lives. So I guess just uh, jumping right in, like how can we live well in these times? Yeah, I like this topic a lot, Sam. And I also like it. And for our listeners, one thing that you guys pick up on, hopefully, is that Sam and I like to talk about things that we ourselves struggle with and are working on, right? So that's actually a great opportunity for us. And why we like getting together is because this is something that touches the hearts of all of us here in America. Sam and I are both fathers with uh, five children here with us each, you know, separate. So five Sam, five me and mounting inflation and the fact that my grocery bill is increased and uh, my escrow, um, you know, was misaligned last year. And so my mortgage payment is higher each month this year, you know, on top of, you know, car troubles and these things that we are hospital bills that we all face uh, can be very difficult. I know that unemployment is still on a high. I get emails probably twice a week from people that are reaching out to see if I have jobs for them or I'm aware of jobs for them uh, in my role uh, in, in marketing. 
And there really is this tension, right, Sam, that we are, we're all experiencing and it's, it's very difficult. And it's something that we have to take um, head on. And so I guess one of the things that I like to talk about is um, a natural inclination towards um, depression, right? So when I go through my budget, you have the fight or flight, right? You, you might want to avoid looking at that. And the case being for me is that when I look at it, it doesn't make me happier. It makes me more <laughs> like, where am I going to get this money from? Like, where are we going to go? For, you know, we have to realign and some, something has to give and it can't be food. I'm not going to make all my kids go on intermittent fasting and skip breakfast and lunch, you know, for the sake of our, our, our grocery bill. And, and so I think the first thing that I like to talk about is viewing things as they are. And, um, and I think, I, I think of a quote uh, that Father Jacques Philippe that I like to um, read and reread in a couple of his books was being free in these times also means consenting to what we did not choose. And I absolutely did not choose inflation, you know, the war in Ukraine and uh, some of these issues. So I think viewing those honestly and seeing all the facts of reality as they are is something that our faith first and foremost calls us to do. Amen, amen. Yeah, you know, the the thing that, that you mentioned that really resonated with me is just that avoidance like it, your, your mind can play games with you sometimes. Like I track expenses with this app where, mm -hmm. you know, I have my bank account balance and every time I spend something, I will put the expense in the app just to keep, keep kind of a running tab of how much money I have left in my account and, you know, just be, be careful in that way. But there's been times where for a brief moment, I've actually thought, well, if I actually don't enter this expense in the app, it won't go into my bank account. Like it won't be taken out of my bank account. I'll still have that money. And then it hits me, wait a minute, like whether or not I put it in the app, like the money's gone. <laughs> like, just stop avoiding reality. Like the money is gone. Just accept it. It hurts. Yes. But just accept it. So yeah, we've got to stop like avoiding the, you know, uh, 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 the reality here. And the reality is we do have $5 a gallon gas. We do have, uh, you know, in groceries almost doubling. It feels like, you know, yeah. uh, my wife wanted to buy a thing of strawberries the other day. And, you know, she, she took one look at the organic. It was $8. Forget it. We looked at mm -hmm. the, the, uh, non-organic strawberries, which were like normally like $2 or something. And now they're four or five. It, it's unbelievable. You can't even keep up. Like every time you blink, those prices have gone up. So there's a lot of anxiety and fear like that just instinctively kicks in in those moments. That's and right. Like just to add to that, the grocery bill eggs, if anybody's been paying attention, I mean, with large families, eggs are a great go-to, right? Cause it used to be like $2 and 50 cents for 36 eggs. And now when I was at, um, at the grocery store recently and it was $8 and 72 cents for 36 eggs. And yes. I was like, no, <laughs> you know, my, my go-to uh, saving buster has just disappeared because of a hen shortage. And, um, yes. and so, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that does. It gives you very kind of a visceral and emotional reaction. And, 
you know, we very often want to avoid those things. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, uh, anxiety and fear are natural in these times. Like you feel the pressure and you feel as a family man, the responsibility, you know, uh, we're, we're a single income family. There's a lot of families that have two incomes, but we're, we're, we're a single income family. And so I feel the pressure, you know, the fires lit under me to like provide for my family. But, but also there's, there's that, um, that fear that kicks in again, like, you know, and like visions flashing through your head of like, you know, the worst things possible happening and like just, yes. you know, being out on the street practically, but then you, but, but what you like, while that's natural, I think what's important is what you do with that. Yeah. What do you do with that fear? Do you just wallow in it? Do you stoke the flames of anxiety or do you remind yourselves of certain truths um, and the truth is God has always provided for us. There's been other times, you know, I remember other times in my life where there is 450 a gallon gas and God always provided for us in those moments. Um, so I think it's, it's really what you do with the fear in those moments. Do you let it overwhelm you? And, and as you mentioned, kind of drive you into depression and, and, and again, those things are very natural. But we're yeah. talking about living a life that's supernatural. So, so we've got to kind of take the natural and just kind of accept it for what it is. There's, there's no escaping it. There's no avoiding it or just, uh, explaining it away like it is what it is. Fear is very natural. Um, but then how can we kind of use that productively, I think, is, is an important question. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's a good opportunity for me to talk about, um, you know, a difficulty that... Um, that I've recently had, right? And Sam and I talked about this, not on, on camera, but I, I suffered a loss in my family and it's, it's caused an intense amount of grief for me. And I think another um, aspect of man is to try and rationalize and um, maybe even spiritualize a situation like God is requiring me to suffer right now, suck it up, or, you know, God is doing this because of this, right? And something Sam said to me um, last week was just, you know, bringing this grief and bringing this honesty to God. And so I guess why I'm thinking I'm inspired to talk about this is because we are body, mind and soul individuals. Right. So what affects our um, body, say, um, the uh, inflation in uh, groceries or gas prices or even the the suffering of the loss of a loved one. Um, or people that we coworkers that we work with that drive us crazy, right? These can all be different things that happen to us outside of our cause. But we have to realize that when we move forward as men to try and balance our lives and maintain our lives and our pursuit and holiness and going forward and not staying um, still, it's important to look at all of these different things. And so for me, when I think about mental as kind of what we're talking about and, and everything like that in avoidance, it also kind of touches the base on, on over-rationalizing things, right? Like I have a tendency to, to just say to myself, oh, well, the price is going up. I'm going to have to, you know, suck it up. I'm going to have to do intermittent fasting and require fasting of my kids, you know, and it's just kind of like this, instead of talking to God, it's kind of like solving things before, you know, bringing it to him and, and being honest with that. So 
I think, you know, one of the big things um, is is not to reject reality in a different in a, in, a di- in addition to avoiding it. Right. So we've got this avoiding. Maybe I'll skip looking at the budget. You know, as you mentioned, you know, don't put it in the app and out of sight, out of mind. And we can maybe get through another 24, 48 hours with that. But then it's going to come you know, crashing down and, uh, and our emergency fund is disappearing and, you know, right before our eyes and, and maybe we've turned off, we put blinders on, but then there's also this idea of rejecting, you know, that sort of reality that I think I naturally have a tendency to do in very difficult times by strategizing and by, um, rationalizing things that maybe don't have a rational explanation to them or something that you can rightly put your finger on. And so, and then a final thing, just because we've got a lot of great listeners that I like to mention, I'm not talking about passivity, right? This is something that we, we have to delicately balance us as men. We are always forward moving. We are always, we desire to produce, we desire to um, direct and to provide. And so within that, I'm not talking about a passivity, but I am talking about the need to just really accept the situation as it currently is in front of us. And then when we accept and not reject, we don't give food for our anxiety and our depression. Um, that's what I found within uh, my work. And actually some of the advice that you've given me, Sam, has been very helpful uh, to try and minimize, you know, the, the, that kind of visceral emotional reaction that just naturally spurs within me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think accepting reality, even accepting our own feelings can sometimes be a huge step forward. You can't uh move forward until you accept things as the way they are uh but but we can have an whole episode on that but yeah you know it, it is so important um but i think when we talk about this kind of spectrum from denying reality mm-hmm. to accepting reality and maybe just accepting it with this like resignation this passive resignation but then the third kind of end of that spectrum is uh, the kind of the, most, the other extreme um, is uh, wallowing in fear. Oh. So let me give you an example of this. There's all these websites and uh, survival gurus and uh, people selling fro- freeze dried food and you know all these like survive bug out bags and things like that. Mm. They just like stoke the flames of fear get you all worked up in a panic and then this is important they almost always want to sell you something yeah so yeah, yeah they but the point is like the, the the articles the headlines like the things that people can forward in their email or the things you see posted on twitter are absolutely apocalyptic uh the end of civilization the end of humanity uh we're all going to be in the woods foraging for mushrooms or something to survive like just just the apocalyptic vision, some of these, well, they, they, they say they mean well, you know, they say they're trying to help you. But really, at the, at the end of the day, they're just, they can literally work you up into an absolute frenzy of fear. Yeah. And I remember back, this is the, the time in my life I remember this being really prominent was the 2012. And everyone was saying, you know, the Mayan calendar is coming to an end. Yeah. Basically, it's going to be, untold natural disasters civilization is going to collapse the infrastructure is going to be gone people are going to be rioting in the streets and killing each other for a scrap of bread 
you know, like just just insane apocalyptic predictions. And, you know, there was all these people who kind of took advantage of that, that situation. They're like, well, we'll sell you gold. We'll sell you ammunition. We'll sell you freeze-dried food by the pallet load. You know, we, we'll sell you a bunker and, and they, they will build in your backyard where you can ride out the storm. And, you know, essentially people just fell into this extreme fear-based mindset. You know, going even further back, there was Y2K, very similar. So I guess the point is there's like this prudent, virtuous mean that we need yeah. to find where we don't just sit there passively and, and kind of stick our head in the sand and deny that bad things are happening but we also don't succumb to kind of the virus of fear that that spreads so easily through the internet through personal conversations things like that that can just you know the thing about fear that's important to remember is that when the when the kind of the uh, amygdala, the fight or flight or freeze brain yeah. kicks in, it literally shuts off your rational capacity. You lose mm. all executive functions. Mm. You lose all reasoning capability, and it literally just becomes a survival, a matter of survival. Um, and you know, of course, that's helped us, you know, survive all the dangers and nature and things like that for centuries. But the point is that um, these these fear shuts off the rational brain. So keep that in mind that when you read a scary headline, or you uh, you lose lose uh, uh, or you or you see the stock market drop or something like that, just keep in mind that fear is irrational by nature, uh, and. Uh, Try to seek that virtuous mean, I guess. I think something that you were saying, Sam, that really resonated with me was this idea of like refusing reality is like really limiting yourself to actually truly living as a man, right? So when we refuse suffering, when we refuse reality as it is, we're not really living authentically. We're certainly not opening ourselves up to God's will. Um, we are trying to, at least I know I am, trying to play God and uh, trying to to order those things. And I know that um, uh, that this is something I naturally fall into. And so I think it's maybe a good time to talk a little bit about, you know, so how do we maintain the right attitude when uh, we are, the world around us is falling apart. We're trying to struggle to keep our family uh, together or our own lives together and our pursuit and holiness. And so, you know, I think one of the first things to control this attitude or to, to keep our attitude focused is by um, refusing to um, avoid the facts. So we want to actually constantly take a look at things be aware of those things that we cannot control and give them back to God, right? We need to accept those things that breaks that, uh, that cycle. We need to, um, talk to God, talk to our lady about it. And then we need to, um, offer it back and not just once a week, not just on Sundays, but oftentimes like 10, 15 times a day. Right. We need to that which is trying to steal our, our peace. And that's a that's a, a trick of Satan is he absolutely wants to smoke and mirrors, deflect, get us emotionally riled up, uh, take away our peace so that we cannot commune with um, the living God, you know, here on Earth. And so um, I encourage all of our listeners, myself included, to that. I know you've heard us say it, that simple, you know, 
formula of confident abandonment to God. And how do we do that? By pausing, by resetting, and by staying uh, calm and prudent in our actions before we take those actions. So I would say that's the that's one of the first things to keep our mind straight that comes to that comes to me and that I practice on a daily basis. Yeah, I think you know we're trying to talking about like this this virtuous mean between panic prepping yeah. and complete denial or passivity of reality. Um, and I think another person who kind of lived during the collapse of the Roman Empire really shows us how to do that. And that's St. Benedict with his little formula, Ora et Labora, uh, prayer and work. So you mentioned things we can't control. I think some of this prepping stuff is trying to control everything. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, prudent preparation, but I'm talking about like, again, like buying pallet loads of food and ammunition um, as the solution. You're trying to take everything into your own hands, essentially, when freeze-dried food is going to go bad at some point, you're going to run out. You're going to run, ammo is finite. Like, no matter how yeah. bad things get, you're basically going to run out eventually. Then what? You know, so it's it's this, this trying to control every possible contingency and outcome, which is not living by faith. So this formula, or Labora, can really be a guide to us, you know, prayer and work. So Pray, offer kind of you know, that, that abandonment to God that you're talking about, where we we trust, we give, we cast all our cares on God, as, as uh, St. Paul reminds us, uh, and as Jesus 6 reminds us, the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, God cares for them. By worrying, we can't add an, even an inch to our height. I'm short, believe me, I've tried. Um, <laughs> so... You know, there's only so much we can control with anxiety and worry. And, and, and so really that pray, offer it to God, offer those fears to him, acknowledge the fears, don't deny them, don't push them away. Don't try to be so spiritual that you never are afraid. Uh, but as John Wayne said, you know, courage is being scared and saddling up anyway. So it's just like, yeah, it's just right. like, offer those fears to God. He can handle it, you know, and, and pour out your heart to him. Say, I'm scared. I am worried about the future. I don't know how our family is going to make it, but you promised to provide. And I call on that promise and then work. So yeah. prayers, number one, and then work, take action, take prudent steps. Maybe put a little more money in savings or maybe buy some extra food at the grocery store before prices go up again. Yeah. Um, you know, there's things you can do. One thing our family did is we built a huge garden. Like we're, mm. we're just, we're, we're growing some of our own food. You know, I think that's a very practical, prudent thing. Got people through World War II, got people through uh, the depression and other hard times. Uh, so there's things you can do, but pray first. And then take prudent, calm action, like you're saying. Uh, but don't go crazy. Don't panic. Don't spend tens of thousands of dollars on survival equipment that you may or may not actually use. Um, you know, don't fill your basement with with water uh, in giant jugs. It's going to go bad, like my parents did during Y2K. Uh, and then yeah. they had they had thousands of gallons of water that they never used. Um, so it just uh, don't let fear make you lose your mind, yeah. uh, pray and work. 
Yeah, I love it. And while, why don't we talk about prayer? Cause um, you know, my mind was going a little bit more to some of those practical things, but I like what you're talking about with prayer and you, you spurred in my mind a quote that I know we, we talked about briefly. Um, and that's one that I read from Benedict the 16th, but this is the idea of being honest with God, right? We have to be honest with God. It's something I have to tell myself, right? And that includes if we're like really angry with God, if we're frustrated about our situation in life, if we are, um, uh, um, don't avoid that, right? Because what I do or what happens to me or friends that I know is when we're avoiding talking to God about these things, we end up just venting to each other. And that doesn't help us, you know, grow in holiness. It's certainly, God wants to meet us there, right? He wants to meet us in that messiness of our lives. And I was reading recently, um, Benedict Sixteenth talk exactly about that when he's talking about Job. And he said, you know, it is precisely to him that we can and we must bring in complete honesty the whole burden of our life. And then he goes on further to just remind us. He said, you know, we are rather too inclined to forget that in the book of Job, handed down to us by Holy Writ, at the end of the drama, God declares Job to be righteous. Job, who hurled all of these most outrageous accusations at God while he rejects Job's friends as speakers of falsehood. And God can handle it, right? Our Catholic faith can handle it. We have a faith that has enough grit, that has enough honesty to accept the whole burden of our lives. And that's exactly what we need to do. So I would say that one of those things that we cannot do is turn to other means outside of prayer to keep us centered on God and to maintain our peace for he is going to get us through all the difficulties, struggles, and strife in life. And um, and I liked what you talked about with the vegetable garden. And when I saw those eggs go up, I was like, you know, my wife and I have talked about having chickens and darn it, we should have gotten chickens. But now is the, now is, you know, anytime like, like no time like the present. So um, I agree with that. And I agree with that importance of when we talk to God, staying true to our prayer regimes and our prayer times, staying consistent in those, not turning to TV, not turning to media consumption, not turning to um, even alcohol or other things to try and, um, place this into an alter reality, right? We've got to take things as they are, and we've got to bring those to God in our daily prayer life. So we just want to remind everybody, if you've fallen off the wagon in your prayer, get back on it, you know, set your alarm 15 minutes earlier tomorrow and, um, and make sure you get up and just sit there and talk to God. Yeah, you know, I, I, this, this theme is becoming a theme, like we can plan it that way, but accepting... Yeah. Accepting reality, including the reality of your own feelings. You know, I, uh, with that quote from Pope Benedict is so amazing about just how God justified Job, who was honest about his feelings of confusion, dismay, discouragement, even anger at God, and was condemned his friends who were actually the ones defending God and justifying what was going on. And I think we can, you know, I, I see this a lot in my counseling work is that rejecting different parts of ourselves, just some different feelings that we feel like we shouldn't have. Uh, well, that feeling isn't very spiritual. So I, I'm going to shove that away or whatever, you know, it can cause all kinds of problems psychologically. Now I don't want to get off on a tangent there. There's a lot I could be saying there, but the point is that we have to be honest with God. God can handle 
or feeling. So what we do often is we do this, this thing called we, we've kind of labeled spiritual bypassing, but basically yes. like, let's say you lose your job. Let's say mm-hmm. you lose your job and you're flooded, you get laid off, you're flooded with feelings like anger. This is so unfair. Why me? I've got this family to provide for. Maybe I just had a new baby, you know, a month ago. Like I, I can't pay the bills. I'm, our house is going to get foreclosed on. Like, what is going on? This is just completely unfair. I'm trying to be do the right thing. I'm trying to live a good Catholic life. And something really bad just happened to me. It makes no sense. I'm angry. Then there's discouragement or, or fear of like, what's going to happen to us? Maybe there's depression. Like, I'm, I'm, and this must be because of some mistake that I made. Maybe I'm unworthy mm. somehow. And, and all of these feelings come rushing in. But then that little like little spiritualizer voice inside of us that like kind of like little inner Pharisee that we all have comes in and says, you know, now, no, you're not allowed to be angry. Like that's not a very spiritual feeling. You're not allowed to be depressed because that's a lack of faith in God. And, and and it just kind of goes down the list and all of those feelings are like, you deny them. Um, And and the problem is it doesn't really solve anything. All those feelings are still there. You're just not, not allowing them to breathe in a sense and they toxify inside before you know it someday you're like look back and you're bitter and you're angry and you can't figure out why it's because you never were honest about those things so if you look at you know again joe wonderful book read it if you're you're struggling with this stuff second the psalms though you've got 150 psalms of it's a roller coaster of emotion i mean yeah one minute David David is raging at God, like how are why are the wicked prospering? Makes no sense, you know. And like, why are the righteous being trodden in the dirt? You know, I don't get it, God. And then there's there's other times where he's just elated, just like bursting with joy, and he yeah. just can't praise God enough. You know, there's times when David is depressed, guilty. Just bring it all to God. I think that's the point. Is wherever you are, however you're responding to the difficult times that we're living in, just bring it all to God. And if you feel like you need to go to confession and and just kind of pour your heart out to the priest or whatever. And and is that kind of that mediator, he will, you know, maybe give you a wise advice um, from the Holy spirit. Um, But whatever, whatever you need to do, be honest about it and don't deny it. I think that's kind of the theme that we keep returning to. Yeah. Agreed. Um, not not running from those things. Yeah, you know, and one of the things with the Book of Job too that that kind of hit me recently with a ton of bricks was in my grief. So we have in the Book of Job, we have Job who experienced such intense suffering, and we had his friends, you know, the his voice of reason or his voice of logic, etc., trying to explain and defend God in the suffering that he endured. Um, I had both of those in my own mind, right? So I was both, I was both Job experiencing intense grief and suffering. I still am. And um, I was also Job's friends. And my, my, my mind was uh, truly, I mean, telling myself, like, I would start to uh, tear up, I would start to experience a lot of anger. And then immediately, everything you were just saying, it just came to me. It was just like, wait a minute, you know, this is not, this is not what saints did. Like I need to be a saint, you know, man up, buck up, you know, this is life, life sucks. And and sometimes we just have to deal, you know, with things, but again, not talking to God about that, just 
just trying to rationalize it in my own mind. And one of the things that I was continually um, doing was when that that anger or frustration riled up, I started comparing myself spiritual pride, I started comparing myself to other people who do that stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's because they're spiritually immature, you know, that uh, that they do things like that. And I'm not going to let that enter in here. And the whole time I'm just it's it's just welling up and increasing this tension, you know, within me versus just just letting it all out and being honest uh, with God because he can handle it. And he wants to not only does he want to meet us there, but he wants to um he wants to embrace us and and to guide us uh, from that point. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. How do we surrender to God's will? Well, the first thing is, is not pretending to fully understand God's will and rationalize it, but but being honest with him, you know, within all yeah. of our difficulties and struggles. That's so important. Yeah, God can be with you in those feelings. You're anxious. God can be with you in the anxiety. He may not make the anxiety go away but he can be with you in the anxiety uh, or whatever you're feeling in those moments. Um, so, so, so be honest. That's where humility comes in. Be humble enough to be honest and not put on a, a face or what you think God wants you to be. Um, but I think that brings us back to, to this, this idea of being rooted in our spiritual practices. You know, they're anchors really. Um, prayer, adoration, communion, confession, all of those things, they keep us rooted and grounded. You know, there's a, there's a uh, St. Paul, I'm really bad with references, but St. Paul says, you know, in one of his his epistles, be rooted and grounded in love. And, And I think that is really what this is all about. This is not about legalism. It's not about, you know, mechanistic, um, you know, just wrote prayers to earn brownie points with God. It's really about being rooted and grounded in love in practices that stir up the flames of love in our heart Mm -hmm. um, that can uh, bring us close to Christ, even in the midst of great storms uh, in our lives. And so let's, 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 let's kind of double down on those things. You know, we, we think about crazy things going on in the world. You get on Twitter uh and and you think what on earth you know the world is falling apart you know just look at these tweets these people are are crazy or like you know they're just saying all these hateful things to each other or you you know if you if the internet is more your thing you get on discussion boards or, or i'm sorry news websites and and you just you just see all of the the fear stoking headlines again um and maybe you get together with your, your, your guy friends. And again, it's just kind of like talking about all the problems in the world and that fear can set in. So let's not do that. Like, let's not feed our minds with that. Like, let's feed our minds with truth, with goodness, with beauty, with prayer. Uh, let's, you know, and that has ripple effects. You, your peace of soul will overflow to others around you. Maybe they come to you all in a panic and they just see you just got this rock solid calm and they're just like, where does that come from? You know, but the point is we have to cultivate that. That's not going to come from nowhere. We have to cultivate that kind of through being rooted in those spiritual practices that uh, stoke the flames of love in our heart. No, I think that's so great. And this image of, of us being a ship, 
going through, you know, a wide open ocean is really coming to my mind, right? And that in my own life is when I'm not rooted in my prayer life, my ship is tossed around by the waves and the waves might not even be a tumultuous tempest, you know, tempest. It, it might be, it might just be, you know, the regular rocking, but I am all over the place. But when I stay true to my prayer time, doesn't matter how great the storm is around me, I'm able to bear it and I'm able to, to guide it. And so I would say, know yourself, right? If your tendency is to turn to alcohol, if your tendency is to turn to TV or uh, social media, endlessly scrolling, looking for inspiration or something to inspire you, stop and grab the Bible and find, find your inspiration there. Right. And, um, and then finally, I would just say that um, us as fathers, even my two-year-old knows when I am emotionally unwell, when I am allowing things to overtake me and I'm not staying true to my rule or my practices, even my two-year-old will start acting up and he'll start acting out. And, and he's experiencing those sort of um, emotions that I am, even though he can't really comprehend or, or explain them. And so our, our, we do have an effect that ripples out um, to the rest of the world. And so one thing that I would like to, to spend a moment about talking about is kind of what you talked about, some of the don'ts, like what, what should we avoid doing or what should we do in the practical sense um, uh, daily? And one of the things I just am coming back to is complaining. You know, I think it's, it's really important to avoid complaining. A man suffers, you know, patiently. He suffers uh, to a degree quietly. He's not whining and complaining to everyone around him because then you're burdening them. Now, I'm not talking about your band of brothers, your close friends that you need that help and guidance with. I am talking about, and we all know when we're doing it, when basically we're just gossiping against you know, our lot in life and we are, we're complaining and whining about it. And we're really not looking for help or guidance or direction. We're just whining. And it frankly never does any good. It doesn't help. It doesn't help you. It doesn't give you a, a better attitude, something more positive, something more guided, something more open to the will of God. It just kind of stifles your growth and, and holiness. And, and in suffering is when we can grow to be true saints, right? It is in suffering that we know that this is our opportunity to grow in saints. So one of the things that you brought up that I just think coming back to is, is um, our attitude, you know, within these situations. So, so don't whine, don't complain. Um, and uh, yeah, that was just resonating with me. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. Uh, complaining is like, like I used the word virus earlier, but it is, it's like contagious, you know, where uh, you start complaining and before you know it, other people are complaining too, other people around you and all you see is what's wrong. And human beings have a negativity bias anyway. Again, yep. it's just kind of a survival thing, you know, back, uh, back when, you know, you were, uh, you know, hunter gatherers or something like that, or, or, you know, you were, you had to go forage for food in the jungle, uh, paying attention to danger, seeing that jaguar in the tree, uh, it helped you survive, uh, in, in, in seeing that snake that was poisonous, you know, those things like paying attention to those things helped you survive. The problem is that that negativity bias 
can very easily consume you if you're not mm. careful where all you see is um, just what's wrong with life and what's wrong with the world. When really uh, evil wants attention, it likes to throw a fit. It likes a tantrum. Uh, the devil is always throwing tantrums and saying, look at me, look how bad I am. Look how ugly I am. Um, and there is evil in the world. I don't want to deny that. But the truth is there is good too. Um, I was just in my backyard this morning and the weather was just absolutely glorious, super mm. cool after a lot of heat. And I just looked over to it at our garden and there was like four butterflies just like dancing this dance over our garden. Uh, and I just, it was just the most like the sun was shining on them. It was just the most beautiful thing. And I just was saying, this is good. This is goodness, you know, mm. but it doesn't draw attention to itself. You have to train yourself to mm. look for it. Um, because evil's over here making all this noise and you miss the beauty all around you. You miss the beauty in your children and your spouse, you know, and people you meet on the street, um, the beauty of nature. Uh, so we have to train ourselves to notice those things. And the, the people that we call like poets or artists or whatever, those are the people that just see those things automatically. They see yeah. the good, they see the beauty. But the rest of us kind of have to work at it uh and so practice gratitude find three things a day that you can be grateful for and train your mind to look for the good uh because it is there but it's humble it's quiet it doesn't draw attention to itself so seek it out agreed in addition to that practicing of gratefulness as another point we wanted to talk about was living in the present moment right and I think that that's another tactic for for helping us focus. I know I've read um, uh, an individual that was in Auschwitz that survived um, was uh, talking about how in her experience, the greatest suffering was the fear of suffering, right? And I think that we have that within our own lives is that because we're so worried about the unknown and about the future that we suffer more. Right. And I think it was um, Dr. Kevin Majors who not only talked about not complaining, but he also talked about um, this idea of living in the present moment and that we cannot sanctify the future by worrying about it. Right. There's nothing we can do. And we know scripture and Matthew and we know, you know, basically all over the place, God is telling us to do that. And on our episode last week with Michael Krause, the baseball player, and we asked him what his future holds. He just talks that he's really trying to focus on where his feet are. And, and that's, that's so true. And honestly, in these difficult and tough times that we find ourselves in, it's important to stay in the present moment. And then as Sam already hinted on, we need to learn to practice that, like require that of yourself. Maybe it, it you can't solve everything at once, but um, it's important to practice and focus that one step at a time. And so after dinner, you're going to live in the present moment. Yeah, so I, I think what we're talking about here, living in the present moment, practicing gratitude, these are all ways of not changing your circumstances, but changing your response to them. And I think that is really the key to the difference between living an ordinary life and living uh, a supernatural life, a life informed by grace 
uh, in faith, a life lived in the light of faith, is there's only so much we can change in life. Um, there's only so much we can control in our external environment. And as men, we want to control everything. We want to see all those contingencies and prevent all of those disasters. But it, but we can't always do that. And so the question is, what do you do with what you're dealt? Uh, that's really the key to life. And I think within all of these things, there within every obstacle, there is there is an opportunity. There's an opportunity for growth, for growth in in just human maturation, human wisdom, but also in our in the life of the soul. Um, and you know, I heard someone say once, like, "What's in the way is the way." How can you grow? Ask yourself that question. I'm suffering right now. What is God trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? Um, not to kind of shove away the suffering, but to kind of put it to use, to, to, to harness it. You know, I, I remember uh, it's something I've mentioned several times uh, in different contexts, but but uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the, the Russian, great Russian. Yeah. And just that profound quote where he's just like, He's sitting on his rotting bed of straw in prison in the Soviet uh, concentration camps. And he's, he just says, you know, I just said, I just like in a moment of revelation, he just said, I bless you prison for being in my life because I realized that what God wants is not ease and comfort, but the maturity of the human soul. Hmm. Um, and I think that, through sufferings, we can grow, we can mature, um, but it depends on what we do uh, with it, how we respond to it. And there are opportunities within each of these moments of difficulty in our life. And as the world seems to kind of be coming apart, yeah. there's an opportunity for us. It really is. And if we see it like that, it's so much easier to be grateful. If we see these things as opportunities to grow, we don't expect ourselves to all of a sudden get it all right and to, you know, have five things that we need to work on. No, let's just pick on one thing, right? Let's stay consistent in our prayer time. And let's pick on that one thing. I know that there's a saying that crisis often highlights problems. It doesn't necessarily create them. And maybe that's what it is, is God is allowing this highlighter to go over difficulties and problems within your life. I know he does that to me all the time, because um, one of the things is, is if we fail to uh, live in the present and accept these things, um, and we try and rationalize through them as uh, we are so prone to do, and we fail to accept them, we fail to grow, right? And I, I can just think about that, that idea of, of how often it is that because we think we have it all or we have to control it all, where God wants to break us down so that we can grow deeper, and that we can go further, not only in our spiritual life, but in our maturity as a man pursuing holiness as, as you just got there. So allow that to happen, accept that happening, you know, pick the one or two things, maybe just the one thing that you need to work on, strategize, give it a shot, um, uh, but stay consistent with that prayer time and, uh, and living in the present and, and practicing gratefulness. So, I mean, I think we've got a lot of great ideas, hopefully something uh, sticks with um with helping us all men and and get through this time so you have all of our listeners have our prayers and we please uh keep us in your prayers amen amen so as amen. we like to end 
each of our episodes. Be a man, be a saint.